Welcome to the Nick Taylor Horror Show. Monster Forge is an extremely exciting new production company specializing on monster-related media across films, animation, games, comics, and even toys. Monster Forge was founded by 30 Days of Night creator Steve Niles and artist-animator Shannon Eric Denton. The company is brand new, having just launched in November, so I wanted to catch up with the guys about the founding of the company and what Monster Forge has in store for all of us fans. I'll give a heavy nerd alert up front because the three of us really geek out pretty heavy on a number of things, including The Mandalorian. But we get a really solid understanding of what it takes to launch a monster-centric production company. All of this and so much more on today's episode of the Nick Taylor Horror Show. Now, please give it up for Monster Forge founders Steve Niles and Shannon Eric Denton. All right, Steve, Shannon, welcome, guys. How's it going? It's going really well. Good. How are you Doing good, doing really good. Super excited at the idea of Monster Forge. I mean, there's just so much awesomeness to be taken from the announcement of monster-centric production company. Um, what uh, What is in store for us lucky audience members now that you guys are a company? Steve, you want to? Well, I'm going to say lots of monsters, lots of horror and monsters. Um, you know, we're going to try to expand a little bit off of that, you know, because... Um, as much as I love monsters, I love horror just as much. So, you know, uh, people can expect a wide range of stuff from us, from kids to adult stuff, uh, animation, live action. You know, we're, we're working towards it all. Very, very cool. As far as kids stuff, I've noticed nowadays, I grew up during a, kind of a magical time period. I was an 80s kid and uh, there was so many great cartoons as well as movies that were for kids that were just perfect gateway horror, some of which are, were very terrifying, borderline traumatizing. Yeah. You know? um, there's scenes in like Monster Squad and Little Monsters, even like Who Framed Roger Rabbit has real terrifying stuff in it. I felt it was terrifying, but it 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 it's it total it was total gateway horror. But it also kind of built uh, built character to be that afraid, you know, when you were yeah. a kid and get over it. There's nothing like that now, you know. I, I'm seeing so much. Even the horror centric kid stuff is very tame, and you know, part of me is concerned that uh, you know this gen next generation of horror fans are going to be a little harder to, you know. Um, or are going to be a little softer, rather. So anything you can tell us about uh, what you have planned for, for children's programming? Uh, I think a big part of it, going to what, what you were just talking about, was uh, uh, you know a lot, a lot of stuff's very sanitized now because people are making trying to make a product that appeals to everybody. And I think Steve right. and I, our focus is making products that appeal to us now, but also, you know, I'm, I'm a parent, you know, but I also remember what it was like also to watch those cartoons at a young age. And I think, I think as long as we're pleasing ourselves, that's going to kind of be the mandate behind what we're doing. Monster forge. So very cool. Yeah. Cool. So what about practical effects? I mean, obviously practical is making a big comeback and a lot of major directors and indie directors are very insistent on mostly doing as much as they can practically and then accenting that with CGI, you know, instead of the other way around. So what, uh, what are you guys thinking in terms of, you know, monster centric company? What are the thoughts on practical effects? I, I love practical effects. I mean, still one of my favorite movies in the in the world is John Carpenter's The Thing. 
which is probably the last great. I mean, even though, it, you know, Practical's coming back now, that was one of the last great practical effects with Rob Bottin and what he did. Um, I would just like to see more of it uh, come back. Uh, Shannon, what do you think? Yeah, I think that there's been a, a real sort of understanding of what it offers. Um, you know, my, my wife works in visual effects. When she moved out to L.A., you know, same time I did, you know, we met out here. Um, she was thinking she was going to go into practical effects, and a lot of the practical effects guys that changed her or uh, trained her um, were really instrumental in sort of jumping on early to the, the the CGI movement. And I don't think it was an abandonment out of it; it was that it was a need um, because a, a lot of this started they started being able to do stuff for TV. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people forget TV. There was that was not a real genre space for a long time, just because it wasn't practical, um, right? Because of the speed of TV, and so. CG was great because it allowed them to do TV. And then I think uh, those same people then were very instrumental in uh, uh, about the time. So my wife and her friends that worked on Blade, the first one, which was largely CG, by the time the second movie rolled around and Del Toro got involved. And I think that was one of the first times where, you know, coming out of a movie with her and all her VFX friends, I really just saw them breaking down how excited they were of the blend between the practical with the CG and how it all worked together and what they saw that was working and what it wasn't working. And I think that we're getting back to a point where um, shows like Mandalorian and, uh, you know, they're, they're pushing the boundaries. I think anytime we're pushing the boundaries to aid the storytelling, then, then that's a good place to be. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Mandalorian in particular is doing a beautiful job with their effects. I mean, I think, I think I heard baby Yoda cost is a $5 million practical effect. All the little like real micro servos and things like that. So he's super expressive, but it's, he's the biggest like icon to come out of the past year. I think I would like character creature icon. I think it's entirely because he's practical and he's actually like something that people can relate to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I I think the baby no, I was just saying, I think Baby Yoda being practical is you sense something really there, you know, yeah. unlike with CG. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's, well, aside from him being completely adorable, you know, that's why, I, I think a big reason why everybody's really attached themselves to him. Yeah. Yeah, it was $5 million well spent. Warner Herzog on set, who actually had never seen a Star Wars movie or anything, when he was on set with Baby Yoda, he started interacting with it and like cooing at it, even when the cameras weren't rolling. So he actually just like on an emotional level was be- believed it to be real on a in a in a certain way. I mean, it's just testament to the to the power of uh power of practical. It, it, it's a great character design, too. I have to admit. You can put this in if you want, but I bought the sideshow child oh, yeah? figure. <laughs> yeah, it just I was. Got uh, I was in a CVS. Oh, do you? Ha- is it? It's full. It's actual size. Yeah, it's actual size. Oh wow! Yeah. Individual wow. hairs. Yeah, that's cool. Well, is it expressive? Show. Yeah, it's sideshow. Yeah, well, it they got the mouth right. They got the mouth and the eyes perfect. So it's very much, and he's kind of looking up at you, you know, so we have him on the floor. So that's you know, awesome. It, yeah. It, I have to look that up. Yeah. He's pretty. <laughs> yeah. We actually, we know his name now, but I'm not going to say it because, you know, spoiler alert. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, I, th- I mean, not to go on too much of a tangent, but I, I could talk about Mandalorian for an hour, but I, what I'm loving about it most of all is that it is, 
with all the movies that come out, it's there's so much pressure, new creatures and new locations and new characters and new, 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 new. And, and Mandalorian is all familiar stuff. It's yeah. we, have, we got Jawas. We're back to Tatooine. We see a Mandalorian, which reminds us of Boba Fett. It's very grounded and all. And there's Baby Yoda. It's all grounded in the stuff that we we grew up with and loved. And it's just more of, you know, what's familiar. It just feels I don't know. Feels like we're coming home with the Mandalorian to Star Wars in a in a nice way. Feels like Star Wars. So I mean, I'm not. I don't want to knock any of the the films, but Mandalorian feels like Star Wars, and I think that's its biggest asset. Yeah, yeah. So, could you walk me through the uh, the process of of founding Monster Forge? I mean, how were you guys able? I mean, your 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 backgrounds are uh, are pretty interesting and fascinating. You guys have obviously worked on a number of movies, so clearly have a really good sense of how the business works. But could you just walk us through the process from just the the original inception of the company, from an idea to to actually getting the company off the ground? Yeah, I- Shannon. <laughs> I think I think Steve and I have collaborated in the past and we have a lot of the same interests. And I think it was a, a, a perfect marriage of us individually going out and creating our own things and uh, uh, you know, setting those projects up in TV, film, whatever, comics. Um, you know, we're we're in the envious position of being fans who now are pros, but we didn't give up being fans. So there's a lot of stuff that we chat about regularly that, you know, we're just, we're just, we're just fans of. We're like, Hey, did you see that thing the other night, you know, and chatting. And so out of those discussions came this interest to, uh, you know, like basically pull our talents. And then when that started, then it was like, all right, well, who else, who else are we friends with? Who else, who else will we go to the comic shop with on Wednesdays or hit monster Palooza or go to designer con with that are also at the top of their game, but, Mm -hmm. but bring something to the table. And that's sort of what started. This was just sort of a, uh, wanting to kind of create a clubhouse with like cool. like making things that th- I think that's really sort of the, when you, you know, not, not to jump back to Mandalorian, but I think the fun that has come out of that, where you've got, you know, people wanting to get their kids involved and, you know, you've got this, you know, adorable baby Yoda who mm-hmm. for all effects is a monster. He just happens to be a cute monster, but in that right. episode, there's horrific stuff that's scary monster stuff. It's, you know, they're eight, you can call them aliens, you can call them monsters. And so with us, we wanted to create a company that was around the kinds of things we liked, but at the same time, um, you know, uh, with the kinds of people that we want to be making this material with. I think that was the, yeah. the genesis. Yeah. You know, for me, one of the big appeals to doing this too was, um, you know, I've been doing this for years and got a, got a few things made. But, you know, for, for the most part, what I've been doing is selling options and then stuff just, you know, flutters away in development. I really wanted a chance to not only work with friends, but actually get some stuff done, mm. get some stuff made. Uh, and that was that was a big appeal uh, with this. That's great. Yeah, I mean, it sounds very much like a collective, you know, of sorts. You guys are fans, but you're also makers, and probably there's countless people who are tired of having meetings about meetings, which is just textbook Hollywood for you. Yeah. Um, 
But I find that there's more. It seems like this is just a really ripe generation for fan owned companies like Legion M. They literally call themselves a fan owned company. I mean, they, 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 they I forgot what you call that model, but, you know, they have the investors who are all individual people and they're all fans. It's the actual fan backed company. But, you know, the notion of hanging on to fandom as just like a core tenet of your company culture, I think, is huge. You know, instead of hey, we're going to make a ton of movies, what's the most what movies are profitable? Are zombies profitable? Nope. We're back to vampires. Actually, nope. It's Season of the Witch. You know, um, I mean, the idea of we're going to do stuff that we love to do and we're we're going to we're going to make things because we're all a bunch of makers. I mean, that I feel like more. Those are the kind of companies that people want nowadays, because I think everybody's just getting tired of you know everything else and things that are profitable. Concepts that are profitable being churned out into ad nauseum. So, yeah, it's it seems like this is the time for fan executives, so to speak. I think I think the pandemic to some degree has helped because a lot of us that are so busy, you know, especially here in Los Angeles where our careers are, you know, going into meetings and Hollywood stuff. Um, we have more free time. You know, we're not in right. cars. We're actually not as tired, uh, you know. <laughs> so, you know, that all that extra energy was starting to, I was starting to see a lot of output out of friends that are already pretty, pretty good at getting stuff done, but Mm -hmm. levels had gone up. And so I think just that channeling all of that together is, is, has been a lot of fun. Um, One of the meetings we had recently at Monster Forge with some of the principals, we were talking about the fact that, you know, Hollywood's geared around saying no. I mean, the entire, every meeting you go to, it's somebody's job to, you know, get, get in the way of you getting something done. Um, and after a while that'll wear on you. And so with the group that we've got, everybody's a yes person because we're all fans of the material and fans of each other. And so it's really sort of just kind of exploded the creativity levels and the production levels with what we've been doing just, just since we started this after the announcement, which is relatively <laughs> recent. Yeah. That's super cool. Are there any upcoming projects that you are at liberty to talk about? Not, yeah, not really. really. <laughs> yeah, it's still, after the holidays, we're hoping for the, to, to be able to with some 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 good announcements. But uh, right now, we're still lining some some of that up. Which which goes first? Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I'm sure you're probably getting product pitches or, or I'm sorry, project pitches left and right. What is the best way for people to get on your radar? Yeah, I think if it's somebody that we don't know, then the usual channels running through APA through the agency, because then it mm-hmm. keeps everything legit. And there's a, you know, 100 year Hollywood system for, you know, for this working. Um, and then obviously, if you're a friend of Steve or I, then, you know, you know how to get a hold of us and we're, we're, right. we're open to that. So um, but to just keep everything on the on the up and up, uh, we're just having everybody run everything through the through the agency. Got it. Makes sense. Cool. So, I mean, in terms of projects, in terms of the projects that you guys are going to do, are there any kind of guiding principles or, you know, North Stars? Obviously, passion being one of them, if you guys are excited about a project. But are there any other like, well, we want to do things that are related to either these themes or are there any specific North Stars for the projects that you guys do take on? Not well. I mean, not really. I mean, right right now we're in the process. I mean, the reaction has been really wonderful. So we're getting a lot of projects lined up. I'm, my whole desktop is filled with things I need to read. Um, so no, I mean, you know, what I want is horror and enthusiasm and, you know, something, you know, just something that I love. I'm a, you know, that's the thing. I'm a huge fan. And yeah. so is Shannon. 
And, you know, so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't limit us to saying there's only one thing, uh, you know, we're really, we really want to keep the whole, what's the word, you know, what am I like? We just want to keep it wide open right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think to what Steve's saying, like we, there isn't a set kind of project we're looking for. It's the, do you love this thing as much as we're, you know, when you present it to us, if we're like, Hey, you're and you're enthusiastic and excited about it. That's the kind of thing we want to be doing. Yeah. It's, Passion. it's you know, if you're coming at us with a, Hey, I think this is a monster thing that might sell, you know, that's, there's, there's only so much time in the day and that's, you know, that's not what we want. We want to be in business with people that are, you know, coming out of low budget horror movies as much as coming out of high budget horror movies coming out of, you know, they're, 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 they're people who are fans that are appreciating it as, you know, uh, a genre rather than uh, getting too caught up in what medium it is. Definitely. Yeah. You know, there's, you know, there's it. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, sorry. We have a, we have a delay, which yeah. causes all of these like, yeah, sorry. Uh, I was uh, just going to say, you know, uh, you know, Steve and I love comics. Comics, uh, you know, are, are a great tool for, for telling a story. It doesn't mean I don't love film, and it doesn't mean that I haven't had a, a, a career that I'm proud of uh, doing animation for several decades. You know, um, there's, I think, a, a tendency on the the giant company sides they're they're set up in a way to be efficient and so mm -hmm. you don't get into stuff that's not your territory because there's another building down the down the way on the same campus that handles that and so you you end up missing out on a lot of this creative opportunity to really build something in you know in all these quadrants and i think us as fans going back to the fan thing you know we're going to pursue some stuff as comics first and and maybe film later and vice versa. I think it's it's going to depend on like what we feel is right for for the property versus the traditional pipeline that it has to be this, then it goes to that, then it goes to that. Yeah. It feels like a pretty smart efficient way to test out projects. You know, if it works as a graphic novel, then there's enough demand for, to justify a film. I feel like people are doing that with podcasts now. There's like so many either series or yeah. movies that are now based on podcasts, mostly true crime, but uh but yeah, I mean, to being a transmedia company like you guys are, it sounds like it'd be a huge upper hand for sure. There's going to be stuff that we're just going to like, this is a cool toy. Let's put this out and then figure out from there where where everything goes after that. I, I think. Oh, so you guys are getting into toys too. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you can see the boggling oh, yeah. up on my... <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Which they're bringing back. The I think... If you look behind me, nothing but toys. Oh, nice. Yeah, I can see that. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Got a lot of, That's oh, wow, just a lot of old school Frankenstein. Just Frankenstein. That whole cab that is just Frankenstein. Yeah. Oh, that's super cool. I love the head. Another, no. Hang on. I'm going to grab something. I'll be right back. Hang on one second. Right. Okay. How, how's the uh, sound? Hey, I can hear fine. There's a weird delay, but aside from that, I'm okay. Yeah. Um, should we talk about bringing Bernie to life? Oh, yeah. I just bought this on eBay for a criminally low price, but this is an actual head of Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> wow. It's molded. Yeah. It's molded from his actual face. The the dude, um, it's like so a practical a effects artist. Yeah, it's a life mask. That's awesome. Yeah, wow. I don't, it doesn't, it's it's hard to hang, so it's just kind of been sitting around. Yeah. <laughs> but, is that uh, actual size? What's that? Is that actual size? 
Yeah, it's cast from his real face. Yeah, it's a big head. Yeah, he did. yeah wow. Yeah, he was a big guy. He was definitely <laughs> a big guy. But yeah, it was like a hundred bucks on eBay. I was like, uh, yes, please. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I digress. <laughs> well, it's almost like you need to make like a little armature that goes in that you that is designed to hang on the wall and then the mask can hang on the armature. Yeah, or like like a um like a mannequin head or face that goes through and I can probably affix it to that. I'm not sure yeah. something like that, but uh but yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, uh, now I want to go down a rabbit hole about toys. <laughs> you guys getting in on like the vinyl toy craze, like designer toys? Well, uh, James Groman is one of the principals that, you know, was in our announcement. And we're so excited to be working with James. I mean, from Mad Balls, to all the vinyl toy stuff that he's doing, his metal, the Metal Sloth thing he's been doing with Expanded Universe and a million other companies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- once going back again to the fan thing, you know the people that we run into at designer con that we then run into our friends purchasing the same stuff <laughs> at the same time, you know, that you're it, those kinds of shows where you comic con, same, same kind of thing where you're standing there and you're like, this person's a director, this person's a live action actor. This person makes cartoons. This person makes comics. This person makes toys, but we're all geeking out over the same, you know, creature from the black lagoon sculpt or t-shirt or whatever. That's sort of the equalizer. And then all of a sudden, yeah. we go back to even if one person's driving to Malibu and the rest of us aren't, um, you know, the, the, the equalizer is that love for the, yeah. the monster, for the material. So I think that's, that's a big thing that we're, we're chasing with this. Is Yeah, it's my favorite thing to do at all the cons, at like Monster Palooza and Comic Con, is to run into people and ask them what's in their bag. Like, what have they bought? And that's how you really bond with people. You yeah. see the stuff that they've bought and you bought, and you compare and contrast and geek out. <laughs> that's so cool. Uh, last few questions. Um, as far as, um, I mean, as, as, hang on, I think I'm having an audio issue here. No worries. I was just asking if we were, sounding okay when you when you got up to go grab the uh yep Hitchcock head so yeah um yes you're sounding great um so as far as um i mean as far as like the company itself and founding a company and running a company were there any kind of you know other company models that you guys were either inspired by or looking to for you know, and from from strictly from like a, a well, actually not strictly from a business perspective, but from a business or creative perspective. For instance, are there key learnings from companies like Pixar that you guys are observing? You know, as you're developing this company. Yeah. Do you have a specific, Steve? I, I got I got one. I was thinking of, but um, I don't really have any specific. You know, Shannon. You know. Yeah, yeah. I think I think a lot of it too is that we didn't want to. We didn't want to become one of those companies where Steve and I suddenly can't write comics or TV or scripts anymore because right. we're so busy running a company. That was, that, to be honest, that was one of the primary things. As much as we want this to, to grow and get big, we don't want to give up our creative side in any way. I want to be still sitting around with the toy designers doing toy. You know, I, I've worked for Toy Biz and Hasbro and Mattel and all these guys. I want to be involved in that. You know, so that that to me is the fun part. Um, yeah, it'll be great to get stuff set up, but I think if we're giving up the creative, then then we're we're getting away from what we want the company to be. Right. And then, uh, as far as just a model, um, I've done a lot of work. The very first thing I ever optioned, with, uh, you know, very first pitch I ever did was the Jerry Bruckheimer, um, and uh, uh, you know, he's one of those guys that when you go over a couple of decades and into the office, it's largely the same people, still, you you know, all these years later, and. I really kind of like that whole 
sense of it's not just the business, but he's created a place that people like coming into work. Yeah, mm. they're, they're, they've got a common goal. They're making Jerry type movies. You know, Jerry loves all kinds of movies, but the kinds of movies he makes are the kinds of movies he makes. And I think that's the the big takeaway, uh, career wise. You know, on my side of things, that uh, you know, I want to apply to what we're doing, Monster Forge is. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, I love going to see romantic comedies with my wife, but I, I don't, that's not, doesn't come naturally to me to make one. Right. You know, I kind of threw my wife under the bus. She's the monster maker in the family who worked on all these, <laughs> you know, I like romantic comedies, but you know, I generally yeah. see them by myself. We go see them together, but I, you know, I, th- that's not like my sweet spot, you know? And right. I think that's part of why I find them enjoyable. Cause I'm like, I didn't see that coming. even though the rest of the audience probably did. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, so for, for us, I think getting back to that whole idea of, you know, creatively developing stuff, whether we're developing it ourselves or working with people that brought us something that we think is the bee's knees, that's that's what we want to be involved in is that creative side. Very cool. So just strong focus on the future. But it also sounds like you guys have a real, real just appreciation and reverence for older horror, like Hammer films have been referenced in the past as far yeah. as you guys and your, your overall DNA. Um, I mean, can you speak to the the importance of like the Universal films and the Hammer films and how they are going to play into the DNA of this company? Oh man, I grew up on those. You know, I, I grew up on the classics. I absolutely love them. I have wonderful memories. You know, of especially the Universal movies. Um, you know, one way that we're really trying to address the classics, actually, you know, I was talking to Shannon about this. Um, you're familiar with Bernie Wrightson. Um, mm. Well, illustrator did the art. Bernie Wrightson did what? He created Swamp. He created Swamp Thing. Uh, okay. Did the best illustrated Frankenstein that's ever been done. Whoa! I, if you, if you have a chance, just look up Bernie Wrightson's Frankenstein, and okay. you will see some of the most amazing illustrations of your life. Um, well, one of our partners in this is uh, Liz Wrightson, who represents the Bernie Wrightson um, estate, and mm-hmm. we're you know we're hoping to bring some of Bernie's work to life. Um, wow. And to me, you know, you know, I uh, Bernie and I were very close friends, and Universal and Hammer were just a huge part of our friendship, you know. And when you see his art, you'll understand. Uh, okay, it's wow. Just it. it Absolutely bringing a classic to life. Cool. All right. Yeah. I'm going to have to check them out for sure. If you've uh, seen it, you know, any of the Stephen King books where there's illustrations in it, Bernie was Stephen's choice. Oh, all right. To do a lot of the, you know, he did, he did a creep show comic. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know. I know the, I think I know his work. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I'm going to have to, cause I collect a lot of art books, like horror specific art books, like Basil Gogos and everybody. Oh, yeah. I don't know how he didn't cross my radar before, but uh, I'll definitely check him out. There's a lot, there's a lot of people oh, out there. You're in track of everything. You're in for a treat. So, you know, that, that's, that's a joy when you discover something new. That's awesome. And you know, it's uh, uh, yeah. a sweet place to be. Cool. Well, I love the sound of everything you guys are doing, and I'm super psyched to see uh, to see what comes next. I mean, kid of the '80s, I grew up on things like Mad Balls and Boglins and uh, and Hammer movies too, and all of this. So, I mean, I'm super excited at your company and everything you guys are doing. Before we part, any um, 
Is there anything we didn't touch on or anything that you guys are particularly excited about um, that we should mention? I think that the, uh, the Bernie, the Bernie thing, uh, Stephen, I want to make sure and talk about that. So I'm glad that got, got mentioned uh, just, you know, all of the people that inspired us to get here going, going back, going back, you know, to, to the, the universal stuff all the way through hammer. Yeah. Gremlins to Goonies for life. You know, there's, there's a huge love of material out there. And I think, we're in a position now that we'd like to spread that love to, you know, I'd love it if somebody came up off of a monster forge production and uh, you know, that's what inspired them to get into the business. Cause mm. you know, it was this insane love that we had for this stuff that, you know, Steve and I, neither of us grew up in Los Angeles. Um, you know, we moved out here chasing a dream and the, you know, dreams, dreams coming true, which is a good thing. But uh you know, there's a lot of people like that, and I I, I want to encourage them to you know to do that. And if you like monsters and you like the same stuff we do, then stay tuned. Very cool. Perfect note to end on, guys. Real pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Oh, thank it. you. Hey guys, thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, how about you share it with your friends and family on social media? Don't forget to follow the show on Instagram at I'm Nick Taylor. That's I am Nick Taylor. And on Twitter at the same handle. Thanks again for listening to the Nick Taylor Horror Show.